0: Hey there, everybody, it's Tina Conrad, aka DJ Breast Cancer, and I'm here with a very special guest. Her name is Heidi. She was diagnosed in April of 2015 at the age of 34. Um, She was stage two, and she is the mom of two beautiful children, and she's here with me today to talk about faith on our faith series um, that we are exploring this season. So welcome, Heidi.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me on here.
0: I'm so excited. Um, I always feel like the guests um, do the best job of introducing themselves because they obviously know themselves <laughs> the best. So if you want to go ahead and um, maybe just tell the listeners about who you are.
1: Absolutely. Well, um Uh, My name is Heidi. I live currently in the beautiful state of Washington but shortly here soon we'll be moving to Idaho. I have two beautiful children. My husband is from Spain and I met him there about 15 years ago. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 34 while I was breastfeeding my son and no sign of breast cancer in my family so to say that it was a complete surprise is a total Understatement um, it completely changed our world, and um, but at the same time, there has been so many blessings that's occurred since then, it's been five years since remission. And I feel stronger than ever, uh, mentally, uh, physically, we're still working on it. (laughs) I still keep working (laughs) out. Um, But honestly, you know, life has been treating us really well. Whenever there's a trauma and a tragedy that comes around, um, you know, my faith does get me to a place where I could just lean more on him. And um, that's been my saving grace altogether.
0: I love it. Tragedy brings triumph. And I think that that's, um, you're, you're such a testimony to that. Well, let's chat a little bit about your cancer journey. So it's been close to six years, um, since you were diagnosed, but, um, take me back to that point and, and, and maybe a little bit, you know, about your treatment plan and and what you went through with your cancer journey.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, if I had known I was going to go through cancer, I might have made different choices along the way, but you don't grow up thinking when I have breast cancer, I'll do this and this and this. Um, but I was, um, you know, a preschool teacher. I worked in the classroom for the majority of the week. And um, when I had a, a lump in my breast while I was breastfeeding my child, I put it aside because it wasn't, it was just the farthest from my thought process. Um, I let it go for about a month or two. And then this, the, the size grew. And at this point I thought, well, maybe I should, but then I didn't. Um, it took a while for me to get the nerve to go and get it checked out. I um, never had a mammogram, so I didn't know that was something that I needed to do at this age. Um, but something told me to go and to stop, pushing it aside. So I finally did. And I went to a walk-in. I didn't even go to find anyone. I didn't see my primary caregiver. I really was just sort of testing the fate. Like, come on. I don't think so. There's no way. And, um, sure enough, I go to the doctor's office, um, to the same walk-in and, um, She says to come and, you know, come and have a conversation. Very, it felt very matter of fact. And I brought my two children with me because I thought she's just going to tell me something that I already know, which is that she found absolutely nothing. My husband was at work and my parents lived about an hour away. So, I went into the walk-in and when I turned around, I knew something was up when they locked the door behind me to the entire walk-in. They asked if they can take my children into another room and see the doctor that's waiting down the hallway. And I thought, no, is this really happening? Um, Then I heard the words, the test came out positive and you have breast cancer. When I heard those words, I, for, a good, for a good minute, I just looked at the doctor thinking, you must have the wrong person. I feel the best I've ever felt. Um, I had energy and I was enthusiastic. Just so much was going for me at that time in my life that this wasn't even a thought process. There was no sign of breast cancer in my family. Um, the drastic emotions that I felt um, really brought me to my knees. So I, I fell in the, in the hospital, um, off the chair, just, I didn't faint, but it just felt like this breath knocked me down. And, um, she said, I think you need to talk to your, your husband. You need to call your husband. And so I did. And that began this, intertwining of just emotions um mentally and physically I could not wrap myself around all of these things. It became so entangled that I became a mess and I was at a loss. I didn't know how to pick myself up. So when we went through all of all the treatment options, I said yes, yes, yes to everything a hundred percent. And because I was fearful of you know leaving my babies, I didn't do any research that I that I felt like I needed to do at the time, um, only because, like I mentioned before, you just don't grow grow up thinking that you know what you're going to be doing, as in regards to treatment. I said yes to chemo. I said yes to radiation. I said yes to um, to surgery. I had a lumpectomy, and. Um, I just started to slowly heal my body. I took some alternative medicines to help with the nausea. Um, you know. And from that moment on, I thought, well, if I survive this, Lord knows that he has something for me. And I kept that sort of at the forefront of all my thinking is that I don't know how I got here. So I don't know how I'm gonna get out. And sure enough, I just, I'm just gonna have to let all of this go. And instead of, putting myself in a position where I was re- retreating from my faith. It really did bring me closer to my relationship with God. And I'm so grateful for that because, you know, cancer is a trauma, like anything and everything else we go through. And there's, you know, there could have been worse cases or could have been, you know, less um, of a situation. I mean, there's so many things that it could have been. And, um, I was, I was at the exact place in my life to be able to handle what I was able to handle with
0: my resources and
1: my support. Um, but most importantly it was because of my faith that I was able to get through.
0: That's so, that's so beautiful about how, you know, you, you leaned in, you know, to God at that time. So um, I know from like your entry form, you know, we'll talk more about faith. Um, you mentioned that it, it's a practice, and and I loved that word that you kind of said, almost like you you have to work at it. You know, it's it's, it is. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with God. So, would love to know more. You know, maybe about what that means for you of a, being on practice, but you know, maybe just your faith journey in general. Um, you know, if if you don't mind, like sharing even just like your faith from growing up, or you know, did it come on stronger with your you know cancer? Um, cancer diagnosis
1: sure absolutely I think we've always been a sort of religious family my mother um, she raised us Catholic my father dabbled in many things and then as a family we sort of grew up in like various denominations and so faith was always something that was important to my family in regards to just um, you know praying and saying grace and knowing that there is this higher being or higher creator around us I fluctuated in and out of that as as I was growing up, not truly understanding how that would imply into my life. Maybe it works for others or it's something that you have to do as you as you are living in this family dynamic. But it never really became something that I had a personal relationship with until until really until I left my family. and I, you know, you hear stories, and there was amazing miracles that my family shared with me over the years. But I just never felt like attached to them because they weren't my stories, they weren't my experiences. Um, so it's been, it's always been something that I, I'm, I haven't been afraid of, and I knew that is important for me. Um, but I never had a practice, I never had an understanding, and I think what started my my faith personally was just more of the education aspect like I I wanted to hear from other people I wanted to know how they decided that they wanted to um, you know lean into their faith and what that looked like to them and I traveled a lot I um, tried to understand what different parts of the world would look like and what their faith looked like I was just eager already like in my 20s and 30s just to like to find some sort of connection for me And then something that I realized that my father had said several times growing up, and it didn't hit me until until the cancer diagnosis, he said, you know, Heidi, your faith is here because everything that we do connects to your level of faith. So meaning, you know, all the things that we experience is only here to help build your faith so that you can transition into another adventure. And that did not impact me until the diagnosis, until I was so close to the feeling that I might not be in this world for very long and that we were literally born to die. And it really impacted me. And it caused, um, it caused my mind to just sort of explode with like, wow, are you trying to tell me that, I may not be here forever, I'm not immortal, like what is happening? (laughs) And um, honestly, I was just kinda going along my little life, not making that connection that there is going to be an end point to this and how am I gonna leave a legacy for my children? And so when I think about a practice, when I think about what this means to practice in faith, it means to move along in faith, educate yourself in a way where you are trying to discern your decisions. You know, we wake up every morning, you can ask yourself, okay, am I, what am I doing today? Am I gonna go down this path or am I gonna go on th- this path? You know, for me, I don't feel like one way is wrong or right. I feel like you can make a decision in faith and then know that if your decision is wrong, in faith you can make another decision and move yourself along. And that's the sort of practice that I'm referring to you know, your faith becomes more fine-tuned as you go ahead and just jump into these decisions. Um, The decision to do the treatment or decision to who you're going to marry or how you're going to have children. It's just everything we do, we don't know the end result. So therefore, you have to step into faith to do that. And as I continue to move forward in my faith and I model this to my children, I'm trying to to fine-tune this discernment you know what is right and wrong what am i what am i doing in my life like our most recent adventure is moving to um moving to a completely different state and um pushing forward with you know with a business that um was really impacted with with the pandemic and how do we move forward with that we're we're comfortable here so now we're gonna have to step into faith and make these decisions and honestly I'm not as fearful as I would have if I didn't have such a strong faith because I know that in the end, if it doesn't come to pass as I vision, we will most definitely be able to strengthen in another direction because my God is bigger than my situation or my circumstances. And um, it's only because of these, tri- or these, you know, these, these traumas that I've been able to really feel like I could be triumphant during it all.
0: I love that. That's so beautiful. And I recently listened to a podcast. Um, it's like every Sunday it's by a church life church who does like the version Bible app. And they were talking about these like parallel things with, with truth and then with grace and how you kind of have to utilize both in order to, um, like be better. Um, like there are certain truths with, with Jesus and with God, you know, that you, that are fundamental, but then it's also like allowing forgiveness and being, you know, at peace, you know, and, and the grace. And so it's almost like this marriage of truth and grace. And and it almost seems like in your journey, like it was kind of both, you know, finally this connection was made of this truth and this grace, you know, to, to allow you to step forward. So thank you for sharing that. That's so beautiful. Um, It just seems like you love to experience new things. And now you're almost like doing it through this lens of, of God and, and following him. And it's, it's kind of a, a beautiful story when, when you do allow God to kind of help you And to your point, we're not, we're human. We're not going to make every decision correctly, but if, if we make it in faith, it it's, you know, we, we can rely on him that we're doing what he wants us to do.
1: Absolutely. I feel like there's that element of, of peace. I'm not sure what the end result is going to be, and nor really at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, um, but I'm going along in this journey with total peace, so I can know that and I can, I can enjoy it, because I know that as long as I sit in this place, then I'm not I'm not going to be worried or I'm not going to be anxious, because I'm sitting in that peace.
0: That's so beautiful. And I actually listened today and he, they were talking about how our minds are our biggest, either like adversary or foe, you know, like depending on which, but um, the, the thoughts that we use to fill our brain can either fill us with peace or fill us with anxiety. And so it's like almost like training our brain to be more in the peace, in the word, in all the things that are this truth, you know, rather than allowing like the current world all the you know, craziness you know, to kind of fill, to fill our brains because we'll just keep going down that path. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting how we talk to ourselves really does matter. And they were saying in this podcast today, it was like, not only from a science perspective, but also the word of God perspective. And it was really interesting.
1: Yeah. I love that connection because that's something I've, you know, in the last couple of years that I've understood, you know, like just the power of the word and the word is in us because we are speaking to ourselves and our cells are listening to us. Everything that we say and all the thoughts that we have, we are, you know, like sending this vibrational energy and it's, it's, our cells are responding to it. And um, how we speak to ourselves is how we are in fact going to treat others because it's one or the other, right? Everything that we do in one aspect of our lives is what we do for everything else. And um, when you were talking about the mind, I was just listening to to an amazing podcast, maybe it's the same one, and it was was talking about how um, our mind and the quality of our mind directly impacts the quality of our life. If we cannot get our mind right, Mm -hmm. and we can't you know like there's several there's several biblical principles here when it comes to like you know renewing our minds um if we can't do that then the quality of our life is going to be equal to how we take in um these these thoughts and these experiences it's how we're able to um to tell ourselves um to say to ourselves um you know if it's going to create in us a sense of victimhood or if it's going to create within us a sense of victory. Like it depends on how we are going to, you know, take in this information, this verbiage in, and that's how we're going to sort of, display this in our, in our out world, in our, in our outer world, right. In our relationships. And I just realized ah, that it's such an, an intense thing. It's, it's so important because one little thing like that, just your mm-hmm. thought process, there has so, there's so much
0: integrity in that. I love that. And if you find that um, podcast, be sure to share it with me and I'll put the links in, you know, for your episode for the show notes too. Cause it was, it was really, really fascinating. I mean, I guess I always believe the more positive and optimistic and the way you look at life does matter. It really does. And there is a lot of science that is now being proven that even as a cancer um, survivor, the way you go through treatments, the way you view life, um, they, they do matter. Um, there, there's actually now a lot of like research being done that shows a positive outlook and a positive attitude can really make a difference. And then I love it now from this more biblical standpoint, um, y- you know, in, in turning to scripture, which is like thousands of years old and seeing how it still relates in these really, really anxious, you know, times, um, there's obviously lots happening in the world, but it's still so relevant, you know, today. And so that's like the power of, you know, the scripture is, is so important
1: absolutely for sure um i haven't you know i grew up reading the bible and um sort of understanding the stories but it wasn't until you know um recently the last 10 years or so where i'm actually trying to apply that um to my heart and like you know, sit in these thoughts. And I mean, I love quotes and there's so many good things, um, you know, in the scripture. And I just would encourage more and more people to sit in front of that every day. And that's something that I've incorporated in my, in my routine, my morning routine, that's completely changed the way that I parent, that I am a wife to my husband, that, that I sit, um, with myself and how I actually give myself self-care and think about, you know, just my career choices. If I don't have this set of, um, of time that's put forth, um, you know, in my day for um, scripture reading, then I notice that I am just really unsure with my decision-making. I, I feel like this discernment isn't there for me. Um, and it's it, that's also part of the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, putting those, putting those words into your heart.
0: I love that. And if you don't know, like pray on it too, you know, so I, I, I I used to just like be more upset about things and not know what to do with that energy. And now I find myself like just turning to prayer and, and thanking God too, for, you know, the, for everything, you know, and I've been trying this year too, to to pray more when it's even bad times, um, or I'm sorry, I always pray when it's bad times, <laughs> but more when it's good times, like to say thank you. And I think, you know, for us as human beings, thank yous go a long way. So even just like um, being joyful and celebratory for the times that, you know, are good, because we're, we're kind of like so excited that we're moving on to the next thing, but almost just like cherishing those moments and giving thanks.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, there was a there was a vision that I
1: had that I wanted to tell you about when I um, was first, before I was diagnosed. Actually, it was the day before I was diagnosed, and I was in my classroom with my co teacher, and um, I've never experienced anything like this before. And um, I was sort of like brought back or brought too, I suppose, like a a place that was with like nebulas and like in outer space. It's a really odd feeling. And I and um I'll give you my coworkers' perspective too when I'm finished, but I was transported in this this place, and, like clouds and nebula and stars. And um I was alone and it felt cold, but I felt comforted and there was this overwhelming um sound that kept you know getting bigger and bigger and bigger and at first i couldn't recognize it i didn't understand what it was saying and then sure enough the word compassion just like flooded my ears and it flooded my brain and i thought compassion compassion and it just kept saying compassion over and over to me and then it said have compassion for yourself have compassion for others who do not understand." Wow. And that was it. And I came. I guess I kind of came too. And what my coworker said was that I literally just kind of stood there for a while, like I was just kind of transfixed in one standing position. And she shook my my shoulder and she said, "Heidi, are you okay?" And I said, "Yeah, I had the weirdest experience." <laughs> 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 and I explained it to her, and she goes, "Oh, wow! That you know, compassion is a really important virtue." And we talked about that for a little bit. And I cannot tell you how thankful I am to have experienced that vision because I took those words with me everywhere I went in this cancer journey. I had compassion for myself when I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't um, get myself up or changed or felt nauseous or couldn't do the things that I wanted to do as a mother or as a wife. I felt compassion for others when they would say the most ridiculous things to me about my cancer journey Um, and it just shaped me and redefined my um, my perspective of this whole journey and I think that was one of the honestly like the catalyst to why I wanted to to share my story or to um, talk with others about their journey because I don't know how I would have been able to do it without understanding that compassion is the one thing that we need to have for one another. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have focused my efforts on that if I hadn't had that vision or this experience. And now that I have, you know, five years out, I still rely on that. I still Mm -hmm. rely on the fact that compassion is the one thing that's going to help me and others begin their healing journey.
0: That's so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. Like what,
1: and it was the day
0: before your diagnosis, you said
1: before my diagnosis.
0: Wow. Yeah. It was
1: a gift. I really feel like it was a gift.
0: Hmm. I mean, it truly feels like the Holy spirit, like sending you a message, like how, how beautiful. Um, and they say like in order to know God, you have to experience him and it really feels like, you know, that was truly an experiential, you know, um, a time with him, you know, like he, he did share himself with you and, and give you a message that, you know, was, and and I love that it's almost twofold that it was also, you know, compassion for yourself. Yes. Like, but compassion for others too. And I think that sometimes we do get really bitter at, you know, what people say to us and it can really wear us down. And, and I, have learned a lot about people throughout this process. I try not to um, let it forever shape my opinion of people, but you know, you you do you you get hurt by people often in this cancer process, and so I think that that's a beautiful message, and you know, really speaks to just the forgiveness, um, you know, message too. So, so thank you for sharing that.
1: Of course, yeah, I have just been so shaped by this whole experience, and. Did I want it? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I am really thankful for it. I have um, I have shaped so many aspects of my relationships with those around me, my family and really amazing friends, and I've learned how to how to not, not deal with people, but how to be with people that may not at this moment um, serve me um, in a way, in a healthy way. But I've been able to say, you know, it's not the time right now. It's not the moment it's not the time right now, but it could very well be later. I just need to have compassion because so and so doesn't just quite understand. They've never had a trauma like this. So how are they supposed to deal or speak words of kindness or wisdom to me if they've never had to do it? And it's not just about the cancer journey anymore. It's not just about that. It's about all aspects of life. It's about all aspects of trauma. And mm-hmm maybe this was my catalyst, you know, and others had different kinds of trauma. Um, and God knows that I was able to manage this and, and learn from this. And so I think that's, you know, I mean, again, I don't, I, I don't want it. Um, but I'm so, so grateful for it and so glad that I'm able to, to be at this place so I can share with others and help them in their journey and know that they're not alone, that we're all we're all worthy because of our creator and he's giving us what it is that we can handle.
0: I love that. That's beautiful. And I wrote a piece. Um, it, it was when I was, I think, I don't, I don't know if I was starting up chemo yet, but it was like very early in my diagnosis. And I, I like awoke and like, if I did not put pen to paper, I, I felt like I would going to die like I had to get things out of me like it was like this creativity like flooding and to your point kind of where you don't know how much longer you're going to be on this earth you know so so time feels very finite you know whereas before it was it was a different gauge of time and so I wrote this piece about you know, a a magician, and he brings, you know, this bottle, and it's really intricate and beautiful and says, encourages you to take a drink, you know, and, and you do. And then on the back of the bottle, it's engraved with caution causes cancer. And so you willingly take this drink, but then you realize, you know, what it does. And it's, it's this like magic potion. And so it, it felt to me like it was a beautiful thing and it woke awoke me to a greater thing, a greater purpose. And Mm -hmm. and to your point, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, not anyone, not a worst enemy, not any single person in this world would I wish cancer on. But for me, it was a beautiful gift. And if I don't see it as a beautiful gift, then I'm kind of missing out on like the point of it. So I I appreciate you sharing it because I I too had a similar experience and I know everyone's cancer journey is different and some people don't view it as, you know, a gift and and I understand that, but for me it was and and that's how I always choose to look at it as a blessing with gratitude Um, and if I don't take this lesson and apply it in other forms of my life, then I'm kind of missing the point. And so I've just chosen it to be an invitation to God and his love.
1: I love that. That's exactly, that's, I 100% feel like that is, um, you know, you're, you're, you're saying these words and I'm like, yes, that's me. That's what's (laughs) happened. You know, like, did I want it? No, but I have it. Thank you. And, um, I am so full of gratitude for that. I, um, and I, and I take this opportunity, um to talk about this you know with others and most importantly with my children because they're going to come up across things that is going you know this this world is full of you know tragedies and traumas and and different experiences that are not always going to be happy and they are looking to me to see how i handle things and i've decided to show them you know what this experience is going to do to me and how it's going to make me a better version of myself Despite all of this, despite all the things that's been hard, because life is hard and this is what's going to happen. So how do you rise above it? So a lot of the times when I think about, you know, um, moving forward, I think about, you know, these two set of eyeballs (laughs) that are looking at me every day, wondering, okay, now, mommy, what are you going to do about that? And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I could show that to them. I'd rather them learn it from
0: me. And what ages were your children when you were diagnosed um, or what are they, what are they now? We can do the math.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, Elena, what, Elena was five and Lucas was um, about 18
0: months. Wow. Yeah. And so did you share a lot with your daughter like at that time or did you kind of give pieces and like yeah and maybe even filled in more blanks now or how how did that kind of look like for you, you
1: No, know, we were very open about it all um she was there when i when i shaved my head i wanted to do it before all the hair kind of fell out in my hands and so she was there for that she was there for um you know the times i came home after chemo and i was just in bed she was there for all of it she watched the whole thing um My son was a little bit on the younger side. Um, He goes back and he looks at some photos of him playing with all the different wigs that I have. (laughs) Um, So he has no like real recognition, but my daughter remembers everything. And she remembers, um, you know, actually picking out a wig with me. I went to uh, Operation Uplift, I believe it was. It's a program here on the peninsula in Washington. And they were so gracious. They allowed me to bring my daughter with me, and we both picked out wigs together and she picked out a couple of, for me, one with like a blonde bob, and she picked out one, of course, it was um, like this witchy looking <laughs> blonde wig, but she, uh, we put it in a little ponytail, and she just swore that it was an Elsa wig, so, you know, <laughs> she grabbed that, and we like twirled around, and we just had a, such a really good time, and um, it was such an, a moving, such a moving and emotional time. I actually wrote a little children's book about it, and um, we kind of flipped through the pages together and you know it it was a scary time in some ways because you know sometimes I I didn't wake up and I was asleep for so long and you know there are times where I was cranky and I wasn't myself um but we also as a family try to make it such an experience of love and joy and I'm so grateful for that because you know if we can go through that together then we can go through anything together and I think that's how we now manage the rest of our lives, you know, since then. Um, if there's something that's scary or not fun, we have each other. And we've done worse things in the past.
0: Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. Well, I'd love to ask you about your favorite Bible verse and, and why that one speaks to you so much.
1: Oh My goodness, there's so many.
0: <laughs> and, and don't feel like you have to stay limited to one. If you want one or two, that's fine, too.
1: There's so many. I actually wrote it down. Where did I put it? Um, renewal of your mind. Um, I can't remember which verse that was. Oh my goodness. Hold on one second. I
0: wrote down, um, Ecclesiastes 311. Yes. Okay.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Um, gosh, there's so many. Um, you know, one of the things I also focused on was, um, Philippians as well you know you could do all things through Christ that was something that I just kind of focused on throughout my journey like I could do this I could do this Christ is within me he can help me through this um I I really um been focusing a lot on also um uh, the armor of God um focusing on you know especially with my children like how is it that we're able to go out into the world today? Well, we need to put on the belt of truth and we need to go ahead and, you know, take the shield of righteousness with us. And um, is something tangible like that, that is, uh, would be really important for, for you to put into your heart, and into your practice as well. And my kids love that. We have this whole thing that we, we like to do and we have a whole little Bible verse that we focus and we practice on as we put all these things before we go to bed at night and when we go out into the world.
0: Oh, I love the hunt. That's so beautiful. Um, the one that you had written me is, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, which is so beautiful.
1: Yes, I love that one too. Again, <laughs> so many so many words, so many words to, to put into your heart because, um, you know, just like everything else around us. Like you have to put up a shield, you know, like what you consume is who you are. And the more that you try to consume, um, you know, the scriptures and relationships that you have with one another, the, you know, the, the more you're going to exude the life of Christ. Right. And, um, there's so many of them.
0: I know. It's so beautiful. I've been trying to do um, like you version Bible apps, like, like a daily plan, um, which has been very helpful for me. But then too, um, I work from home, um, you know, on my computer. So I've been putting on like, um, just Christian music each day too. And I used to like listen more to like classical music when I was working, but I find that Christian music actually has the same effect. Like it's so calming to me. It just fills me with like such joy and with like such loving spirit, like, and it just helps to like, kind of calm me down in, as I see emails coming in and coming in, but it just helps me to maneuver through my day in such a, such a way of, you know, more graciousness and, and in love.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I have been going back into like Toby Mac. I remember when I was in, like as a teen, I was just in love with, um, with all of the like the cool hip-hop <laughs> Christian music. So I'm trying to introduce that again to, uh, to with that with my children. It, you know, music is something that uh, has always been a part of our lives. And, you know, I wanna like just bring that back with for my children as well. I think, I think I did a, um, an injustice really because I would just listen to it on my own for a while and I'd realize that you know I need to blast this in the house like we need to do dance parties like what are we doing we need to move our body here we need I need to like show them some old school stuff you know and so we've been doing that a lot now um, especially during quarantine we're having like quarantine dance parties and just turning it up really loud
0: (laughs) I love that hey you got to spread the joy and in these COVID times, whatever it takes, right. To, (laughs) to keep us moving and happy. Well, you may know, but I ask every guest for a Tina tip. So it can be any word of advice. Um, It could be someone recently diagnosed. It could be someone, you know, in terms of like their faith, it could be from practical to, you know, more like the emotional psychological side, but would love to know what kind of um, tip that you would like to impart to the listeners today.
1: Absolutely. You know, um, I'm not sure what I sent to you, but something that I have been really focusing on this last few months that I'm so grateful for is finding a sisterhood and being vulnerable enough to, to look for one. For the longest time, I didn't think I really needed anybody that I could just do this on my own. And I have started the most of the healing when I finally realized I needed to be vulnerable and share my thoughts and my feelings to those around me. And um, unfortunately, you know, I live in a a smaller retirement town, so there's not a lot of people that um, can relate to my cancer story. So, What I did was I looked on Instagram or I asked others who knew of of anyone in my same situation. And that's when I started to really understand that my healing can truly begin because I'm sharing that vulnerability. I'm sharing my fears, my anxiety, my um, uncertainty. And that has been so helpful. And the fun amazing thing about it is that we're all in this together. We really are like, we are learning from each other and we are finding the joy and our worthiness together. And it's just talking about it and finding people, um, who, who will listen. And I, I would suggest that if anyone has just started out, um, in their cancer journey or in the middle of it, um, to be vulnerable enough to to ask if you can go out and seek some, some friendships and sisterhood by, you know, asking questions, sharing your story, just not, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody because you never know what soul you're going to meet that's going to change your life.
0: I love that. That's beautiful. And you're part of kind of Rhea's group of girls. Um, if you want to explain maybe her group and um, in, in what they've meant to you, but she is such an amazing, um, she's going to be on the show this season, but just love that girl. Um, she's amazing. But if you can explain, um, you know, a little bit about what that group is like.
1: Absolutely. That was um a, a group that just kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest. Um Rhea text messaged me or, or Instagrammed me and um she was like, hey, you want to be part of this uh, this chat group? And we ended up just talking about life in general and um meeting other women in the same place of all different kinds of cancers, not just breast cancer. And we just started to share a little bit of our day and would encourage each other and say, you know, um, hope you're having a wonderful day, know that someone's thinking about you, and we would do workout challenges together, and it just kind of morphed into this amazing sisterhood, where, you know, we send cards out, birthday cards, or um, Christmas cards, and we just grew to really, really want to hold each other accountable to our hopes and our dreams, and um, to continue to just see the best of each other. I think it's so easy to to really hide in the negative aspects of, of cancer and, um, to sit in that misery. I think it's easier to find support groups where you're just like commiserating, you know, uh, just talking about the negativity all the time. And, and this group does have some of that space to hold, but we want more than that. So the group is called glowing up after cancer. We call ourselves the guac girls and, um, we want to see each other glow up and grow up. We want to move past the traumas, um, the different kind of cancers that we've had, and we want to hold each other accountable to being a better version after cancer.
0: It's so beautiful. I I love it, and I love what you guys are doing. And I've gotten the opportunity now to to meet quite a few of you, and and it's so amazing. I kind of want to be an honorary, you know, glow girl. myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I really do thank you for your time today. Um, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners? Um, I, I'm so excited about this children's book too. You're going to have to get, give me the link to this. There's so much more. You're, you're like an onion. I, I find more and more as these layers go, but I love it, Heidi. It's amazing.
1: Thank you. I think that, you know, this version of me after cancer, there's so much that I feel like I got to, I get to share now. I have the confidence and life is too short.
0: And so I say yes to it all. Why not? I love it. Yes. I'm, I'm with you. 100%. So thank you again, Heidi. It's been amazing. Um, I know you have a blog as well that is maybe a little bit on, you're busy. You're, you maybe put it a little bit on the shelf, but it'll come back off and you'll dust it off and, and get it going. But happily
1: after happily cancer? ever, yep. happily com, And it's a, it's a blog that I started writing in the middle of my healing journey. That's really helped me you know work my way through it and um i hope that it helped other people too i have sort of put on the shelf just a little bit i still refer to it um a lot of different articles about travel about supplements different things that that i've been able to use to help me after treatments um, i'm also connected to an amazing nonprofit called send me on vacation and we send breast cancer survivors to luxury five-star resorts after treatments and um, all expense paid um, except transportation (laughs) but it's been a blessing as well Um, from that organization we've been able to reach so many people's lives so many people who felt like they just were so trapped in um, their life and giving them an opportunity to get away from an environment that may be hurting them to this beautiful resort with the sisterhood of women that you don't have to explain you know your emotions or feelings and you create a bond that um that really lasts for a lifetime in addition to that you have resources to help you through the the mental and emotional heartache after breast cancer so um I've been blessed with so many different opportunities of my own healing that I can't help but want to share all of these things and I try to put it all on the blog as well.
0: Well, that's awesome. And so if people want to hear more about Heidi and all her amazing journey and sometimes you know, I, I did a CaringBridge, you know, blog during my diagnosis and, and I encourage people sometimes just go to the beginning and, you know, read from there and, and it does it. It helps people, I think, to understand just the journey too and, and the obstacles that you faced and how you overcome them with such, you know, triumphant grace that, you know, you have today. So again, Heidi, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and, you know, just hear your amazing faith the joy that's in your heart, you know, truly shines through. I I love it in in our talk today. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Take care. Bye-bye.